Hi, and welcome to NACIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky, where spring has sprung. And I'm Alex Whitaker in Washington, D.C., where we are also enjoying some lovely March weather. Today, we're talking with Jennifer Ricker, Acting Chief Information Officer for the state of Illinois. That's right. We're excited to hear from Jennifer about the great work she and her team are doing in the state of Illinois. Let's get started. Jennifer, welcome to NACIO Voices, and thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Welcome, Jennifer. Before we get into things, I know our audience would love to hear more about your background and how you came to the role of acting CIO for Illinois. Sure. So um, how far back would you like to go? (laughs) You know, my entire career really has been spent in government, in particular with the state of Illinois. And I've done, I feel like a lot of times I feel like I've done a little bit of everything in the state. I've, you know, I started my career with the legislature here before I moved into the executive branch, but all of my roles at uh, the several different agencies I've worked for have all involved in some way, shape, or form, uh, really supervising, overseeing our, our IT staff, and sometimes the need to get more hands-on than others. There's considerable length of time at, um, you know, while I was at our emergency management agency, where a lot of times we didn't have a CIO at all. So that job sort of fell, fell to me by default. So I kind of got into it that way. And then just to add a few more pieces there, I actually, early when this when the state was creating what is now the agency I'm running, do it, when we were putting this together, the administration at the time, so this goes back to 2015, 16, asked me to, you know, come work with them on a temporary basis. So I So I kind of did both pieces from my job as chief of staff at the emergency management agency and then kind of on loan, helped them manage the team that was putting together really what this new agency was going to look like, bringing together all of the various IT staffs from different agencies in the state, and then really what was the current state like and what would the future state look like for this agency, both from an administrative but also from a technical perspective. So I got really involved in it then and really invested in building this new agency. And I really felt like this was the right decision for the state and exactly what we needed for technology in the state in particular, because previously, right, we had had lots of siloed, you know, IT operations, no statewide standards or very few statewide standards. And so I felt like this is really what the state needed to advance technology in Illinois. And so I did that for about six months and then kind of put together the the current state, the future state, the, hey, here's everything you need to build a new agency. And then I actually, in, a, in another interesting piece to this, and I told you, sorry, this is a long backstory, but I, <laughs> I, also, um, I also ended up doing a master's program when I went back at the Naval Postgraduate School in security and ended up writing a thesis on <laughs> efficiency versus security and technology and um, complexity theory and, and all of these. Anyway, it's a super nerdy thesis, but but it also related to this agency and kind of what we're doing and consolidation and um, hyper-efficient systems and things like that. So that's just for some bedtime reading if you want to uh, <laughs> fall asleep easily. And then, yeah, and then in 2019 was was asked by the, the new governor to, the new governor's 
Affairs Administration to come work for Do It, and and that's my very lengthy road to to Do It. <laughs> and, awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's really helpful, and certainly you have a tremendous depth of experience in working within state government. And you touched on this a little bit in your answer, but I'm wondering if you can talk about how that experience has prepared you for your current role, and then related, how do you see the CIO role fitting into the larger apparatus of state government? Yeah, yeah. I think you know. I think one thing that truly has benefited is uh, me in this role is that I do have such a tremendous depth of knowledge about just Illinois state government generally. I've worked with many, many people over the years. So I have a pretty good understanding of what's needed and particularly from, from a technical standpoint. So I think that's, that's served me well in this role because really there's a lot of things beyond just the very technical pieces. It's really understanding how to get things done in a state <laughs> that are just as important in these roles, right? Like understanding what you can and can't do and and how to maybe get things done. And a lot of it really is about relationships as well. So that's a big part of it too. So, and, and I really think, you know, to the second part of your question, how does the CIO fit into the, the larger apparatus? Well, I think Right. Everything, everything that the agencies are doing now, obviously, is and not just for the state, but everywhere. Right. Tech underlies all of it. And so I think, you know, that that CIO role role now is even more critical in in helping to make sure I think you you have to be kind of a translator, right? Both directions, understanding what the business needs, but also helping the business understand what tech can do or what certain things mean. So um, I kind of feel like that's it's a perfect, it feels like a f- perfect fit for me at the moment. Yeah, that is, that is so important. We hear that a lot. And a lot of the work that I do around customer relationship management, business relationship management, it's like, Oh man, if you can find somebody that understands the technology and the business needs, that is like the golden unicorn. So yeah, yeah, super important. So I understand that Illinois is planning a new data center in Springfield. Tell us about that and why it's so important to have a modernized data center in Illinois. Yeah, we are. We're we're really excited about this. (laughs) And I could talk to you a little bit too about why I would say Obviously, having a modern data center is very important, but for us in particular, you know, our our current data center was built in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine it's it's so far afield from what's ideal to support modern technology. You know, we we support probably I'm gonna say maybe 35-ish executive branch state agencies and and we provide services for some other agencies as well. But I mean, this really ends up with us having, we've got thousands and thousands of applications and and certainly thousands and thousands of servers. And but the, you know, the technology's really changed since that facility was built and it just isn't suitable um, anymore for for a modern data center. I mean, so when you think about, you know, things that were done on on tapes and racks and racks, and and that's really how that data center was built in the 70s and, you know, on an upper floor of a building with raised floors. And you think about now (laughs) how these are really hyper-converged. They're much denser, much heavier. That (laughs) raised flooring on an upper floor is not the best move for for this type of equipment anymore. (laughs) They run a lot hotter, right? The mechanicals are not necessarily in that facility, you know, designed for that anymore. But yeah. And I mean, we just wow. keep right our focus on modernization, automation, data analytics, all of those things, you know, we're just continuing to grow. And so, 
you know, we're just pretty excited. We're going to have a new facility that's that's going to be designed to be tier three and really be very efficient and modern and allow us to also bring together some teams that are in disparate locations now. So yeah, so pretty, pretty excited. Yeah, that's great. Will the overall footprint be smaller than the one that you have now? So I think the, you know, the, the data center space itself will be a little bit smaller, but we'll have more room for more team members. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So in addition to the data center, I know you're working on lots of other things. So can you tell our listeners what some of your top priorities are right now in Illinois, maybe like top three or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say a lot of things can be encompassed under, obviously, security is always top of mind for us, as I think mm-hmm. it is for everybody, but also user experience, really, first and foremost. And, and with that, I mean, both you know the public's experience, but also the agencies and the employees that we work with, their user experience as well. So we're focused on uh, you know several projects under that, including you know like a, a single state ID. We've launched iLogin. It's still very, <laughs> very early in that, but mm-hmm. you know to have a single digital ID, and then we're working on website modernization and really thinking through. Thinking through that as we as we move off of our old platform onto this new one, thinking through both that user experience, but also accessibility and some of the things that became very, very obvious, right, over the past couple of years during the pandemic of how difficult it can be to navigate state websites. And yeah. so, so th- those things are top of mind for us, along with the internal like employee user experience, really service management and how we're serving those agencies. Great. And if we could sort of look forward a little bit, as we finish out the first quarter of 2022, in your opinion, what's the biggest challenge facing state CEOs this year? Mm, well, I think I won't speak for everybody, but I think I think as I you know talk to a lot of my peers, you know, I think we are all faced with there's so much demand for you know modernizing and improving the experience, and I think we all struggle a little bit with you know, having enough staff, enough resources, enough time to get it all done as quickly as possible and to do all of these things while thinking through, you know, security challenges and, and what's what continues to happen in the world um, and making sure systems are secure. I don't know. That's my thought on that. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. helpful. <laughs> so you, you mentioned some challenges and in, in security threats and that sort of thing. So I'm wondering, though, if you have any key lessons that you've learned from Illinois' pandemic response, and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how those lessons can be applied to other <laughs> challenges that we might not yet envision. Yeah, I think, you know, I I think one thing that became very clear and it's a little bit related to what I just mentioned is I think the pandemic and and sort of shuttering all of our bricks and mortar (laughs) offices during that time made it, I think, that much more clear about how the, the way the public interacts with us has to be simpler, has to be easy. It needs to be scalable. You know, we still struggled with some of that early on where we where we saw systems that were, you know, on-premise, old <laughs> legacy systems. They didn't scale easily. And that was a pretty big challenge that we had to react to right away. I think thinking of things with that lens long-term serves us no matter what the issue is, right? Thinking about the need to be um, flexible, scalable, and secure. Yeah, those are important lessons for sure. And something I think that most CIOs are continuing to think about. 
So I have one more question for you as we sort of wrap up here. You know, the average tenure of state CIOs is not that long. I'm not sure exactly what it is right now, but it usually is somewhere between like 18 and 25 months. (laughs) So that means you're actually pretty seasoned at this point. So (laughs) before we wrap up, do you have any advice for CIOs who might just be coming to the role? Yeah, I'd say if you're, particularly if you're coming in, you know, new to state government or, you know, or new to that. Yeah, definitely if you're coming in new to state government, I would say take the time to understand the government itself and and the players and some of that. Because again, I think, I think relationships and understanding the scope of responsibility for different players is, is pretty important, important to figuring out how to get things done. And I certainly think it's important whether you've been there or or not and moved into the role internally or come from external, I think, to to spend time talking with the staff about, you know, what what has gone right or gone wrong in the past and, you know, really take some time to, to talk to the teams that are doing the work every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's really good advice. Thank you. Okay. So while we're at the end of the serious part of our interview questions, before we say goodbye, we would love to hear more about your life outside of the office. And to do that, we like to ask you three questions in a segment we call the lightning round. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Question one, if there was a band or singer that would be the soundtrack to a movie made about you, who would it be? <laughs> That's a hard one because I have so many, so many great bands out there. Um, but I'll pick. Uh, I don't know if it truly would relate to, would fit the soundtrack of my life. But I, I gotta say, Metallica. I love them. Oh, so. nice. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question two: Did you have a favorite pandemic vacation? Whether you actually got to go somewhere, it was like a great, you know dinner on your back patio? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think because I went to the same place twice during the pandemic, it must be my favorite, but I went to a a little small area in Missouri called Innsbruck and rented like a a house slash cabin on a lake. And just, it was a very chill, quiet, feels like away from everything. And and I did that twice during the, so it must've been my favorite. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's nice. Yeah. We, we spent a lot of time in the Daniel Boone national forest, which isn't too far from Lexington during like the, the early months of the pandemic. And it was like, we could rent a cabin there and we could, or just go down for the day and go hiking. And it was just so nice just to feel like you were surrounding away from civilization. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Question three, we try to avoid controversial subjects, but would you say you're a dog person or a cat person? <laughs> Definitely a dog person. I have two <laughs> two very spoiled rescues and uh, yeah, definitely a dog person. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, Jennifer, thanks so much for coming on uh, to Nasio Voices today. We really appreciate the time. Thank you. Great talking to you both. You too. Thanks again for listening to Nasio Voices. Nasio Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers. And remember, registration for a Nasio Mid-Year Conference in National Harbor, Maryland is now open for Nasio members. The early bird deadline for corporate members ends April 1 and registration ends April 25th. You can learn more at nasio.org. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks with more great state IT content. Catch you later. <laughs>